Praise the Lord. This is Pastor Charles Russell of Cries in the Wild podcast. I want to spend a moment talking about Matthew chapter 25, um, parable of the ten virgins. And I'm going to read through this briefly and may do this in segments here to get a clear understanding of what I want to share with you today. Starting off at verse 1, it says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps, and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose, and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us, and you, but go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. What I want to deal with today is being prepared. The Lord is soon to come, and as was told to me by my elder, um, God bless the dead, it said that you need to be ready so that when God comes, you don't have to get ready. And uh, what this parable is talking about is preparedness, being prepared for the coming of the Lord. It's using an analogy commonly um, exemplified in Scripture of a wedding and then the bridegroom and the bride. And if you know your Scriptures in the context, the bridegroom is symbolic for Jesus Christ. While the bride is the church, the ecclesia, the called out assembly. And um, the wedding, of course, is when Jesus catches up his church in the sky, which some people refer to as the rapture in the scriptures. And in this particular parable, it's saying the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins. Now, what we want to talk about with that word likened is a comparison being made between the kingdom of heaven and then ten virgins which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. The kingdom of heaven in this particular sense is the earthly sphere of profession. There's a, a earthly sphere of profession. What I mean by that is those who profess to be of Christ on this earth. That is the kingdom of heaven in this particular context. The way we know that is because if the kingdom of heaven we were referring to as being the new Jerusalem, there would be no admixture of false and authentic, as you see in a lot of the parables in Matthew 13, even, where there's an admixture, then a separation between the tares and the wheat. So here we're going to see that five of these virgins were foolish and they were left out of this wedding. That's how we know that it is not the new Jerusalem, but the earthly sphere of those who profess to be of Christ. And it's saying that five of these virgins were wise and five were foolish. Now, the reason why the five foolish were considered foolish is because they took their lamps, but didn't, took, didn't take any oil with them. And uh, while, they, while the bridegroom tarried, that word means to wait for his return, um, they all slumbered and slept. See, that's the problem. A lot of us fall asleep. And he even told the disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane to stay awake, you know, and pray. We all need to be vigilant and pray and uh, watch over ourselves. And to be asleep is symbolically to let your guard down at times. And a lot of the world is asleep right now, unfortunately. So while they slept, at midnight there was a cry saying, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. And then all of these virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. Now in some translations it's going out, if you do your Greek study. 
instead of uh, our lamps are gone out, it means our lamps are going out, meaning they're on their way out. As they trim their lamps, they realize this. Uh, we're going to take a small brief um, intercession here, and then we're going to come back and deal with what the oil represents in this particular context and um, get down to more of the media matters. God bless you. This is Pastor Charles Russell of Cries in the Wild Podcast. Hold on for one second, and we'll be right back with you. Praise the Lord. Here's a question for you. What is a hospital without an evac? Can you imagine if there was no evac to go out and get the people who are too physically impaired to actually walk in on their own? So my next question that I would pose would be, what is a church without evangelism? How can we go and fulfill the Great Commission if we don't have those within our church body that will be willing to go into the places where most won't? To go out and retrieve those who need help and get them into the church, bringing them into the body of Christ. Here at Cries in the Wild Ministry, our goal is to go out and be a church with legs, to be the word on the move. If you'd like to find out more about what we do in the ministry, take your time when you have a moment to visit www.thechurchwithlegs.com and get more familiar with the ministry. We are the EVAC of the Ecclesia. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Welcome back. This is Pastor Charles Russell of Christ and Wild Ministries. We left off on St. Matthew chapter 25 talking about the parable of the ten virgins. We've already discussed uh, what the kingdom of heaven in this context represents, which is the earthly sphere of those who profess to be of Christ. We also talked about who the bridegroom represents, which is symbolic for Jesus Christ. And we also talked about the bride, which represents the church or the ecclesia. Now, the wedding is what some would call the raptures when we're caught up when the church is caught up to meet Jesus in the sky so the comparison between husband and wife all throughout scripture also symbolizes the comparison with the church who is the bride with Jesus Christ who was the husband the bride corporately submits to the husband the same way a wife would to the husband and the husband protects God's and is long-suffering and protective of the wife which is what Jesus Christ does to the church now we discussed something I want to deal with the oil Five foolish virgins were considered foolish because they didn't bring enough oil in their lamps. And they noticed when they trimmed their lamps or tried to turn them on, what happened was they realized they didn't have enough oil, that their lamps were going out. What I want to discuss is what is the oil. Uh, in this particular context, the oil represents the Holy Spirit. That is the context that we're reading in Matthew 25. That is what separated the five wise from the five foolish. And later on throughout the scripture, we see that the five foolish were not allowed entrance into the wedding because when the Lord came back or the bridegroom came back and they said, Behold, the bridegroom come, go ye out to meet him. And they trimmed their lamps. They weren't ready. So they had to go back to the market and try to buy some. And when they came back, it was too late. The doors were shut. We discussed the oil as the Holy Spirit. Now, what is the lamp? Let's deal with that. Matthew chapter 6, verse 22 reads, The light of the body is the eye. Now, in the proper translation, it says, The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. Let's deal with this. The lamp of the body is the eye. Now, in the Greek, that word eye means ophthalmos, which means the mind's eye. Your mind literally has an eye. It doesn't say plural, but singular. It is your mind. It is a gate into your mind. A lot of the times what we see becomes processed in thoughts. We think what we see. You see a woman and you lust over her. Now it's entered into your mind and is now conceived what you call lust because you thought about it. And the gate that it came into your mind was by way of your eye. So what it's saying in verse 22 is the lamp of the body is the eye. 
Now a lamp needs oil, as we see in Matthew 25. In these days, they didn't have electricity, so these lamps were driven by oil, which we know now to be the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is what allows us to see in spiritual darkness. And it's saying that if therefore thine eye be single, meaning perfect, hapless in the Greek, thy whole body shall be full of light. If our mind is single, meaning it's focused on God and it's filled with the Holy Spirit, then we can see clearly in spiritual darkness. The Bible says in the book of James, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. That means his mind has been partitioned somewhat like a hard drive to run between Mac and PC. It means half of your mind is on God and the other half is on the world. That calls for a staggering walk. That's a double-minded person, but the Bible says if our eye, meaning our mind's eye, be single, perfect, then our whole body should be full of light. So now that we know that the lamp of the body is the eye and the Holy Ghost is the oil in this context, there's something I want to point out. In this, in this particular context, let's get a visual for the imagery. It's nighttime. That's why they needed their lamps. They were all on their way in route and in transit to meet the bridegroom for the wedding. We are now currently all on our way to meet Jesus. Whether we're ready or not, we are on our way in transit to meet Jesus. It's nighttime. Therefore, being spiritual darkness that we are in now, metaphorically speaking, you need your lamp lit with oil, which is the Holy Spirit. That is the only way you'll be able to walk a straight and narrow line in a world that is filled with spiritual darkness. So you need your oil. That is the conductor for the fire to burn for you to see in spiritual darkness or you're going to stumble over everything. Now, what happened with those five foolish virgins where they got caught unprepared? They did not bring enough oil for the trip. The common misconception is that these people never had the Holy Spirit. But the translation said our lamps are going out. For a lamp to go out, it had to be on at some point of time. So we're going to deal with something here. When we get back from the break, we're going to talk about how can someone lamp run out? How can you run low on your oil? We're going to deal with that here soon coming back. So just stay tuned. Take a brief break and we'll be right back. God bless you. Praise the Lord. This is Pastor Charles Russell. We're back to close out on Matthew 25, the parable of virgins. We left off talking about the oil and how these five foolish virgins said that our lamps are going out. And we talked about the oil being the Holy Spirit and the lamp being the eye. Now, how can your lamp go out without oil? At some point in time, you had to have the oil in your lamp for it ever be on to go out. What happened to these five foolish virgins that allowed them to run low on their oil? One thing about in the book of Acts, we see the Holy Spirit came on the scene in the book of uh, Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost when 120 were in the room. Holy Spirit came in like a rushing mighty wind, clothing tongues of fire were over each of their heads, and they all began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. That was when Peter used the keys to the kingdom of heaven that was given to him in the four Gospels. Now, um, after this, we see an outpouring of the Holy Spirit as we see from the prophecy of Joel. Okay, the Holy Spirit is filling people. We also see another feeling of the same people in a, a later part of Acts. There was a, another feeling where it said they were all filled in the room, and this was for a second time. So there's many feelings of the Holy Spirit, and God wants us to be filled up. Intimacy is what I want to deal with here. God requires intimacy. Intimacy should be something that we desire with God. If we are married to God as a bride would be married to the bridegroom, then there's an unbroken chain of intimacy. I want you to imagine 
being married to your significant other and coming home and not speaking to them or only speaking to them when you need something and um, going weeks without conversation and intimacy, that would be an estranged relationship. So you can only imagine that the same thing applies with our relationship with Jesus Christ. It requires intimacy, something that these five foolish virgins stopped doing. Either they got comfortable or laxed in some way or became lukewarm. Lukewarm Christians are unprofitable in the ministry. And uh, the Lord said he would spew them out of his mouth. For something to be in the Lord's mouth or spewed out of the Lord's mouth for the fact of the matter, then it would have to be in his mouth. This was one of the letters that he wrote into the church of Laodicea in Revelations. He said that they'd become lukewarm. You'd rather that it be hot or cold, but being that they weren't, he said if they did not repent, he would spew them out of his mouth. We need to deal with this, people. For those who believe that you can do whatever you want to do and um, somehow still walk with Christ without any conscience or conviction, I believe that to be very unbiblical and erroneous. Now, I'm not here to debate with anybody, but I strongly believe that God wants us to walk holy. And through the Holy Spirit, he's given us the ability to do so. We're not holy by our own deeds, but we should want to voluntarily consecrate ourselves and live a life that's sanctified unto God. Not because we're afraid of hellfire or not for a legalistic desire, but just to serve God and be more like him. We should want to walk holy and according to his word. So these five foolish virgins had the Holy Spirit. If the oil is the Holy Spirit in this context, which has been proven to have been so many times, how could they be going out if they never had it? They would have to have that oil at some point in time for their lamps to be going out. That's what I want to deal with for those who believe that, you know, you cannot, um, there's no way after you get saved that you could go back into sin and, you know what I mean, um, go to hell afterwards. I don't believe that. I'm sorry. Doctrine proves different and we can debate and I don't, you know, really like to dig into debates too much. I have too much time to try to win souls out here of those who are lost and seek Jesus Christ. But at the end of the day, something happened with these foolish virgins. This is a warning to every Christian who is lukewarm because they were locked out of this marriage. And they said, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, verily, I say unto you, I know you not. How can God not know you? Go to the book of Romans. Romans 8 and 9 said, any man that does not have the spirit of Christ is none of his. And in the biblical context, when a man knew a woman, that means he went into her. That means there was some intercourse or intimacy. When we get filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes into us. It is an intimacy there. Now we are one. Just like a man, when he comes to his wife, the two become one. The same thing applies to Jesus Christ. So if your, his spirit is not in you, then you don't belong to him. That's why he said, I know you not. Because we don't have any intimacy anymore. Maybe at one point in time we did, but that stopped somewhere. And your lamps begin to go out. Then you begin to walk and stumble in spiritual darkness because you lost what you had. Now, the Bible says that Jesus, the God said that he'll never leave you nor forsake you. That is his promise and his word. But it never said that we would not leave him or forsake him. And there's going to be a great falling away, a great apostate church that is going to pull away from the faith that was once delivered unto them. So I encourage you today to stay on fire for God. I'm not trying to scare anybody. I'm not saying that God is just going to snatch his Holy Spirit away from you if you make one mistake. But I'm going to say don't get lukewarm. Don't get lackadaisical. Don't get comfortable. Don't get caught asleep. Keep your oil burning. Keep your fire lit. Stay on fire for Jesus Christ. God bless you all. I love you. Be encouraged and edified.